I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Caitlin Brodnick. And this is Lewis. <laughs> and we love scams. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome to Scam Wow, the podcast about our love and confusion and admiration, but also fascination with scams. Today is a great episode. I'm doing my intro outside, pushing a stroller because Lewis is home because his school got COVID. <laughs> So welcome to the reality of life. I hope you are all doing well. How are you doing, Lou? Okay, we are silent observers right now. But what's really great is the episode I have for you today. It's with Sabra and Stephen Boyd. Sabra is a fan favorite. She did an amazing episode about cults and and how simply you can really get involved in a cult. It's one of my favorite episodes. I'm putting it in the show notes so you guys can listen to that if you'd like. But today, she and her expert husband are going to talk about cryptocurrency and NFTs. Now, we did talk about it briefly with James Coker, who is another amazing guest fan favorite. You guys adored him. We're going into it into detail now as far as to how these cryptocurrencies, everything online in the digital world, how it applies to this new thing called an NFT. And if you're listening to this, like this isn't new to me. I've known about NFTs for five years. Great. Call me on the hot tub hotline and please explain as much as you can to me or what you're doing with your NFTs. If you have some cute little like fake Monet you're hanging up in your house that's digital, let me know. Otherwise, if you're like me and are just really confused, but seeing it everywhere, 
enjoy this episode, we break it down very slowly, very simply. And thank God for Sombra and Steven who just saved the day and go through every little bit of information with me. It's a two-parter because there's so much to uncover. And it's really fun. I hope you guys like it. Enjoy! Sabra, I am so happy to have you back because you were such a joy. And also we had so many of our listeners just so enthralled and fascinated and just loving you and your story. And the whole team was like, we are obsessed with her. We love her. You're so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) And now to be able to meet your husband. So hi, welcome. I am thrilled because you are going to talk about NFTs today. Is that what we're covering? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, there is definitely some overlap with just like cryptocurrency in general. Yes. I am so excited. <laughs> yeah. So we're hoping to kind of like do like a layman's overview of cryptocurrency and a bit of like Bitcoin and, yes. and all of that. Just a little bit. Like we don't want to give anyone a headache. No, but I'll say I'm going to to have a ton of interruptions. <laughs> I'm completely confused. And I'm I'm speaking on behalf of like family members of mine and even my husband. We're both like, what the hell is crypto? And at this point, and I've talked about it before in this podcast, that if you're not, if you don't have some NFT set up, if you don't have a crypto set up, like you're looked at as, well, you sort of slow or ignorant or behind the times. And it's so incredibly confusing. And every single time I'm on TikTok, there's somebody pointing to like a bunch of letters and numbers and like, this is what you should do to make a million dollars. I'm like, TikTok, it's, <laughs> they're basically like these young kids mocking me, telling me I could be rich if I did all of these things. So I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's a lot of hype. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, you could be rich if you like were more greedy. Okay. Like, I think that's kind of the, the subtext Great. there because like it's, yeah. And, and actually like we had like a very similar conversation when we visited my like adoptive mm-hmm. family in mm-hmm. Portland, all these people in like, I don't know, like their fifties, like just like are NFTs real? Like what, like what is it? Like tell us. My parents are listening. They're listening probably on their, their <laughs> okay. next road trip. They're very great travelers and they're going to be like, thank you. Please break it down for us because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, um, I mean, it's a, com- it, it, I mean, also I should say like, I have this theory that there is a spectrum of scams, right? So you have on one end, you have like, you know, someone who might be telling you that they need money for gas, but actually they, you know, they don't have a car sure. or something. So like uh, on one end, like that's just kind of like everyday lying scams. small grits, yeah. right? Yeah. Like for $5 or something. And then you have like, you know, like things like LuLaRoe and pyramid schemes. And there's just this whole spectrum of scams. And I think at the opposite end of the spectrum, you have capitalism. Like capitalism is a scam. So like there's this really great book by Jacob Goldstein um, from Planet Money. And he wrote this book about like the history of money and kind of like its place culturally early on in, you know, like when we started using coins and okay. things like that. And in a way, like cryptocurrency and NFTs, so like money, they require a lot of trust. Mm. When you give someone $20, they have to believe that that $20 is worth what we all collectively believe oh, yeah. a $20 bill is worth. And NFTs and cryptocurrency, like 
there have been like other kinds of like Ethereum, for example, the value of that crashed when they got hacked and everyone lost their faith in like what that was worth. And Ethereum was another cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, um, and there's, there's a new Ethereum. So you'll still hear people talking about Ethereum, but they, they all abandoned the old one and got onto the new one because uh, somebody hacked the first one. Just name it something else, guys. Come on. <laughs> no one calls their company Enron again for a reason. Just call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. So yeah. Ethereum Classic is the one that crashed because they got hacked. So suddenly no one had any any trust in the value anymore. And that's also why you see like, cryptocurrencies like rising so drastically and then falling so dramatically in their value because it's an unregulated currency system. We're talking about cryptocurrency, which is money online, specifically online on the internet, on your phone, like it can be mobile, I'm sure as well. And it's money exchange for goods and services like hard paper money and like credit cards, but it's all on the computer. Yeah, in a way that's, Yeah, that's accurate because like, well, this might be the most Seattle thing that I've ever heard of, but at a liquor store in Seattle, there is a, it's the Bitcoin ETF. (gasps) And you can take the money out? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like something that you wouldn't find outside of like Seattle or San Francisco, but I think that's totally bizarre. The problem with me with Bitcoin, as we were explaining before, they can get hacked. It's all online. So it feels like any episode of like CSI or something where they're like, and then the hackers came in and murdered everyone. Not that that's going to happen, but it just feels so like sand could just fall through your fingers. Now, the second that you would tell me that there's an ATM with it, I would be like, great, then I can hold on to this money that is sort of fantastical. Yeah. Well, well if so- you want to hold on to it, you'll you'll be holding on to uh, paper American bills, probably. That's what I want. Yeah, if you use the B- the Bitcoin ATM, it'll give you like American dollars. I want that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny that you. <laughs> it's also so funny Don't that you say that it's like sand because there is a what is it the um in the sandbox and if so there's like oh there is a cryptocurrency so- called sand really yeah yes <laughs> so- that's amazing I relate yeah. But I think like we should probably back up and just kind of like, because you wanted to do like an overview of like how, I don't know, blockchain without oh, right. like, without making people have a headache. So Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're, they're cryptocurrencies. They are, are digital money that uh, is artificially scarce. And the value of it just comes from people believing that, that it has value. And the people who bought into it, they hype themselves up and all agree to never sell it again mm. so that, uh, that the price stays high. So mm. it's it the, the value of it as an investment is really tied to just cryptocurrencies as a movement. And it, it goes up when more people join in on it and, and put more money in it. And so that's why you see so many people hyping it up because oh. once once they've invested in it, they want more and more people to get into it because that's it's like the popular crowd. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's very much like a pyramid scheme or an MLM in that sense, but it's because yeah, the more people, so like the people who get in first, who are like the first to buy like the initial coin offering. You know, you've heard the word IPO. Kind of, guys. I'm so all, all there. There, I'm very dyslexic, so it could have been like PPO, and it's someone's paid time off or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> healthcare thing. Yeah, basically, like you, if you get in first, like you're, but and also if it's trustworthy and it's not a scam, so you have to like trust yeah. that you're not being scammed. And if you're one of the first 
people in, then you're at the top of the pyramid scheme and all the people getting in below you are going to, you know, are less likely to make more money. Right. Yeah. Just because if you, if you bought it while it was cheap, then it's got more room to grow. Maybe it'll stop growing once it's high. As an investment, it's, it's in that category of things that don't really have any, they're, they're not tied to anything specifically that, that would give it a value, right? Like when people buy stocks, right. The, the premise of that is that they get a cut of the profits of the company, right? It's, it's, they get to share in that. Um, there's no, there's nothing like that with uh, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. for example. You just own the Bitcoin and if the price stays the same, no, nothing really happens with it. There's no, uh, you, you get, you don't get any payments from it mm-hmm. or anything like that. You, you can only make money off of it by selling it later. So it is that like investment, almost how, you know, credit cards make money off people and like, like stocks so that you invest in something early. And then as it grows, as it develops, that small amount that you put into it then becomes a larger sum. Yeah. Because they like, won't they won't mint or create more unnecessarily to like drive that commodity. You know, say I make a a cryptocurrency called, I don't know, Stephen coin mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. something <laughs> as a birthday present to Stephen. <laughs> I'm buying anything Sabra does. I'm buying. Let's do it, team. <laughs> I will never scam you. <laughs> no, I know. So the whole, the whole, all the scam spondents listening are like, okay, Sabra, we'll sign up with you. We trust you. You have a whole scam wow crowd who's like going to sign up for the Stephen coin. Right. No, well, partly like researching this, like we, because, you know, I mean, we already knew a lot about it, but like, I was like, well, I want to like find out about other scams and stuff. But we did end up talking or creating an NFT as like research for the interview. Yes. I'm so excited. I want to hear about it. So, okay. You know, Birkin bags, yes. right? Yeah. So we, um, I think like the counterfeit luxury industry, I guess, is fascinating. It is. And actually like I should plug my friend Joshua Hunt because he has a book coming out. He has a book about Nike that's great, but he also has a new book coming out that's about like counterfeit bags and stuff. Oh, great. We would love that. Let's put it, we'll put it in the notes. We'll put his info because our listeners are obsessed with that. Yeah. And I think it's coming out next year. I'm not totally sure, but yeah, Joshua Hunt. And um, anyway, so I made an NFT or I made a pixelated photo of like a Birkin bag and then, and then we made an NFT with it and because it's just, and it's like, wait, so that we yeah. don't get sued by Hermes. Yeah. Like we said that it's a fake counterfeit NFT, right? Yeah. Did you create your own cryptocurrency and can I do that? And can I get it on the ground level? <laughs> How do you create a cryptocurrency? Is it easy? Is it a company that does it? Well, we didn't create a cryptocurrency. We created a... Uh, no, I'm saying if you did, please think of me. And I want to be at the top of that pyramid. Well, yeah, yeah but the thing is, it's like, I don't want to scam anyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, waste, yeah. I'm not greedy enough and I'm honest to a fault. Like, yeah. I can't even surprise Steven because I'm just like, I can't keep a secret. Yeah, you told like, me cryptocurrency yeah. secret already, so it's out. <laughs> And if you wanted to start a cryptocurrency or get get scammed on one of those initial coin offerings, uh, really the peak of that was, I think, maybe about a year or two ago. Wow, pretty fast. Yeah. So all of the the hype that was going into those uh, those ICOs of the brand new coins that people could get in first on, which was a great opportunity for people to scam and, and pump and dump uh, different different mm-hmm. currencies. Uh, now that's going into uh, NFTs. Okay, so the hype behind creating a Bitcoin or creating your own cryptocurrency has now moved towards this thing called NFTs that everyone's hearing about. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my theory is that it's easier for just anybody to create an NFT, mm-hmm. and, and and like and like we were saying, like the value gets driven up when you have a fixed amount. So like with NFTs, they'll only mint or you know make a certain number of NFTs that people can buy, and so that really drives up the value. Okay, let's talk about what does NFT stand for? Yeah, so it stands for non fungible token, okay. and fungible means. It can't be changed. Yeah, it means it's it's not replaceable with an identical thing. Okay, and these are all digital. What we're talking about for NFTs, it's usually an image that is digital. So people are now inside all these websites, inside where people have avatars, inside social media. They want to have an exclusive image that is like owning a glamorous real life painting that would be just theirs. And so now it is this sort of, people are selling and buying NFTs as if you'd buy an accessory in your home, but you're buying an accessory for your, for online to show everyone online that you own this image. Right. But it doesn't have to be an image. Like for example, just last week, I I think Art Basel was last week and there was a woman who sold one of her eggs from her ovaries. What? Ovaries. As an NFT? Yes. It's an NFT of one of her eggs. And I don't really understand how, how that, that work? would work. And, and I don't, I, I can try to find out how much she spent on it or she, she sold it for, but it did sell at Art Basel. So it doesn't have to be an image because basically what you get, I'm so, so what you get when you buy an NFT, <laughs> I know, right? Like it, it doesn't no. make sense. It's just, it's just crazy. Let's just start. If you're listening and you're confused, welcome. Like it is confusing. <laughs> this does not make sense. And we're yeah. going to do our best. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it's just, and that's why I'm so happy to Me be too. here because I'm just like, because there are all these people like at the party that we were at last week, they were like, is it as confusing as I think it is? And I'm like, yes, okay. it's just a scam. Just accept that from the, from the first off. So anyway, so this, uh, she sold like an egg, like her egg as an NFT. So when you buy an NFT, you're just getting a, like a certificate that you own this mm-hmm. thing. So if I bought an NFT image, like of some, you know, digital art or something, anybody, like you could go in and screenshot it and also have that right. image, but not the NFT. Not the certificate with it. Yeah. Or like what I did with, with the pixelated, um, you know, Birkin bag NFT. You could take a screenshot of that image and say, oh, I own this. You could make your own NFT with that screenshot. So like the image, so it being tied to an image doesn't really matter. Ultimately, what you're paying for is the certificate that you own this non-fungible token. So, okay. Now, since it is done in this platform where people are showing, it's all sort of on computers. It's all, it is visual. I guess you'd visually show your certificate. Are people just like, who cares? Like who's looking at someone's avatar with like their Birkin purse going, I'd like to see that for certificate. Like are people actually looking into these things to verify the certificate? Like who is having time for that? We're all busy trying to crowdsource our NFTs. Yeah. It's, it's this, uh, online, uh, subculture of mostly people who have too uh, much money. Yeah. So people who've gotten, <laughs> rich. Yeah, people who've gotten rich off of Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and cryptocurrencies. So when they've made all of this money off of, of cryptocurrencies, they want to do something with it, right? Oh. But not they don't want to cash up. They don't want to turn it into U.S. dollars. Right. This is especially attractive uh, to them to be able to spend it on something that's still on a blockchain. It's still a part of their cryptocurrency ecosystem. And they are building these, these social clubs mm. of 
uh, a Discord server, which is like a, just a group of chat mm-hmm. rooms that you can only join if you buy NFTs from a certain collection. Oh. Yeah, so it's this artificial scarcity around clubs. Just finding ways to make them feel fancy. It, it's all about exclusivity. Okay, and the blockchain you're talking about is like if somebody went onto their computer and put like in HTML or whatever, the sequence of numbers and letters, that's what you're talking about for the blockchain? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, you, Stephen has a really good, like you had a really good description of blockchain, like yeah. in databases. So, so blockchain is the technology that cryptocurrencies are based okay. on. And it's just a way of keeping records that is spread across multiple computers so that no one in particular can control it. And it's, it's permanent. So you can only add to it. Nothing ever gets deleted from a blockchain. Who makes these rules? How do I trust? Like, I feel like everything's so up in the air. Like, it's so, uh, yeah, it's so confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, that's, I think that's probably why Ethereum was named Ethereum, because it's like in the ether, right. right? It's literally just in the air. So with blockchain, that what Stephen described, it's basically a less efficient database. Mm. So, and that's part of why you hear that blockchain is so energy inefficient and like is, has a huge carbon footprint. The electricity usage that goes into keeping Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies running, it is this huge amount that's constantly increasing because the electricity that goes into it is the limiting factor for the way people can uh, create new Bitcoins. Okay. So is that literally just keeping your computer on? Yeah. And the process of keeping your computer and your whatever your PC plugged in is the limiting factor for all of this. Well, across servers, because it's stored like across different computers across the world, really. So it's like right now, and it'll probably be more a year Mm -hmm. from now, right now, the amount of electricity for that's used for, you know, cryptocurrency transactions and NFTs and, and, and just blockchain in general is equivalent to what Iceland uses in what is it like a year? Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, the, the annual usage of Bitcoin is, is equivalent to, to Iceland. And then I've, I've seen now uh, some estimates that it's up to the level of Argentina. People keep comparing it to countries and they just have to keep comparing it to larger and larger mm-hmm. countries as it grows. So like I had this, I, I don't know if this is like too off the wall, but I had this nightmare the other day while I was like reading so much about cryptocurrency and NFTs that like, we were in like a water war. Yeah. Like I know, I know most people hate, um, you know, hearing other people's no, dreams, we love but it. I had this nightmare. <laughs> I want to hear it all. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> so we were, we were like in, in this water war. It was a horrible nightmare and only wealthy people could afford to buy the electricity it took to buy a bottle of water because like all currency had become digital and like poor people couldn't even buy water because they didn't have access to the electricity for the transaction. That's like a movie. Honestly, Sabra, guys, nobody steal (laughs) this. She's going to make a billion dollars on this movie idea because it's probably everyone's fear. No, I mean, I believe in the collective news. If you, you know, if you're a better screenwriter than I am, go for it. (laughs) Contact Sabra. You guys will change your lives. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. 
Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Okay, so we have blockchains, which are unchangeable text and code used on websites, on computers and servers that you can only add to, you can't subtract. And cryptocurrency, the coins technically are based on those blockchains and NFTs are also based on those blockchains. That's right. Yes. So that's everybody's blueprint are these specific sequence of numbers that you can find on any website if you change, like, you know, you, you have that option where you can like view in HTML, you can view any website on basically all the chains. So that confusing thing that none of us computer programmers know how to do, those sequences are actually concrete, which is very interesting because things online, things digitally don't feel very concrete. So for them to all suddenly agree that this sequence of blockchain is worth this much money, you can't take anything away from it. That's sort of fascinating to me. Is there any discussion in that? Like it's Who's in charge of these blockchains? Does everybody agree? All the, all the rich people agree? Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of people like choosing to take the risk to trust each other, mm-hmm. like a bunch of strangers choosing to take that risk. Yeah, you have to collectively agree on the value, but that's where, that's where a lot of scams mm-hmm. come in. And I think like this is probably a good time to mention the yacht that was sold just a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. Um- so you, you'll often see these uh, headlines about ridiculously uh, expensive things being bought as NFTs, okay. right? And the uh, some of the biggest of those are in just these these online video games where it they're they're kind of these these virtual worlds, kind of like Second Life. This, it's kind like, of like The Sims mm-hmm. or, or Minecraft, and yeah. like that. Yeah. So th- this one is is called the Sandbox, and and the graphics of it. Are, are all blocky, so it looks like um, Minecraft. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a, a, a very social, virtual world, kind of like Second Life, except it is uh, just extremely uh, uh, hyper capitalist. Mm. It's all about buying and showing things off. Like just it's the it's all about conspicuous consumption, and, it, and that's done in the form of NFTs. And 
a, a lot of wealthy uh, cryptocurrency enthusiasts are are in this. So it's basically Farmville for wealthy tech bros. I was gonna say Farmville is like what I can like a Farmville or a Sims where it's so fascinating. You don't think you care. And then you sign on, you create your avatar and you're like, well, I want a couch. Like I want a pretty couch. They have a couch. It's, I feel like it's all another realm to compare yourself to others. Right. But in sandbox, like buy, like you have to buy your avatar, like you have to buy in oh, okay. basically. And like we, oh, we were looking at some of the avatars and there's like, like some of the cheaper ones, there was like a green waitress, like a waitress that's just wearing like this green gown yeah. or something. And, or green outfit and that was three thousand five hundred us dollars to buy like based on how the, the sand currency or ethereum might fluctuate like the new ethereum that could be more us dollars tomorrow it could be like five thousand dollars to be a waitress wearing a green outfit and and it's like wealthy tech but it, i mean i'm not going to say it's all men but it's like mostly wealthy tech bros who are buying right. these things and they're deciding if a waitress is worth three thousand dollars it's very bizarre yeah i mean it's um yeah so it's really it's just like farmville for wealthy tech bros because like what Stephen was talking about like the other day um in the same in sandbox the same kind of platform for nfts um that's like a video game that kind of looks like it kind of looks like Minecraft. Like a pixelated. And, um, it's a community. Yeah. Right. So instead of like just a, a forum on Discord that you get access to, you instead get access to this basically social media game, which is kind of what Facebook is trying to they become are. with Metaverse. Yeah. And so anyway, the other day, uh, someone sold a yacht NFT for 650,000 US dollars. So you can have a fake yacht on this game for $650,000. So it's not, they didn't sell their real yacht. They didn't sell like her eggs. And it's, and it's ugly. It's so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the market to buy a yacht. Anyone who is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's such an ugly yacht. And I'm just like, I can think of so many better things to spend $650,000 on. No, here's my question. Is it $650,000? actual american dollars or is it what's valued in crypto it, it is what's valued in crypto so they spent an amount of cryptocurrency that they could have cashed out right. for six hundred and fifty thousand. it feels like this is like everyone's playing in las vegas with chips like at this point it when mm-hmm. everything is digital genuinely i felt like how i felt with my credit cards is that it's all sort of like in the ether and i'm sure that person has whatever billion and to them we all look at that as like $600,000. My God, you could help people go to college. You could do so many things. And they're probably just is easy come, easy go. Like it's, they're not valuing it. Even though it's worth the American dollars, it doesn't sound like they're valuing the risk of it that much even. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I think of it as like Studio 54 in the 70s for people who never leave their house Mm. and are extremely wealthy because you're buying into, I'm so dumbfounded by like, like you said, like why anybody would spend this much money on something that's just like basically access to, you know, a version of second life for really rich people. And it's because they want to join this community where they can talk to other like venture capitalists who are also billionaires. I don't know anybody who can, afford to buy a 650,000 fake yacht that doesn't exist in real life or, but like, so I can't really relate. So I just keep thinking like, well, what is the value for someone who would actually spend that on or buy that? And I think it's just like, they want to be able to be in the community with other people who are that rich, weird. Yeah. Keeping up with the digital Joneses basically. 
And, and I think, yeah. yeah, yes, if you wanted to go purchase a boat to be on water, you could purchase many different boats. And there's people that purchase sailboats and people that purchase motorboats, boat homes, whatever you want. And there's also people that purchase ridiculously expensive boats, you know, like anything, like there's a brand that costs more money. There's a watch brand that costs more. So we're now seeing what this, a large group now, like it was quite small, it seemed like now a large group of people who are valuing these purchases online for these, it does just feel like images to me, even though she sold her eggs, it just feels like, because it feels like Farmville, it feels like a digital image. And what's so funny to me about all this, guys, is that you literally just like power down your computer and you're done. <laughs> like you can spend all this, but you can't, you can only take it with you as far as like you're saying the electricity goes. Like it's not, yeah. you can just close your computer and say like, I'm done with this world. And then you're done. Yeah. Or you could forget your password <laughs> and uh, never see any of that ever again. There's no customer support, right? My God, that's me. That's what would happen to me. I'd like suddenly become rich and then not remember my password and get locked out and cry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally relate so much. So you mentioned like, well, you know, you this person could like have chosen to help people pay for college or something. And actually, I, I'm working on an article where I interviewed someone who made an NFT of their student loans. And they're trying to like get someone to buy like their entire student loan and then they would get a second NFT once it's paid off. Huh. They're kind of doing it as a, in my opinion, a kind of a performance art piece yeah. um, because they owe, oh my gosh, I think it's like, I have to double check my notes, but I think it's like $500,000. Wow. So I, I don't know that anybody will buy that, but they're, they're kind of like making a statement about, um, when I asked them, I was like, well, why don't you want to crowdfund it instead? Mm -hmm. Or like, can, can people buy like a portion of the mm -hmm, NFT? Mm -hmm. Like, so you have multiple investors and they were like, no, I, I want it to be bought in one, you know, lump sum because I'm one individual who has all this debt. So I just want to like, try to transfer that debt to someone really rich. <laughs> like, because that's kind of what happens with your student loans. Like they get transferred to all these managing lenders and stuff. God, I'm so confused. Um, at least that's what what's happened with mine. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, in that, in that sense, maybe I'm like thinking too far outside the box, but like, you know, you have to ask like, is cryptocurrency real? Are, is the value of an NFT real? Are student loans real? Is money real? Like capitalism is just That's a scam. Crazy. And it's like, it, you know, all these different levels. It's of almost that. like everyone got really bored. Like they're like, look, we have <laughs> money. Let's make a new kind of pretend money. It, yeah. Well, it blew up during the pandemic. Yes, it blew up during quarantine. Home. So yeah. I know. So with this, this example of somebody selling their student loans, they would try to sell it using sold using cryptocurrency and they hope that the value would be enough to physically to actually pay off with American dollars the student loan do you think or is it just to use as a fun thing in somebody's like digital back office framed that's a good question I okay, don't know I don't know the answer to that <laughs> we can take that out I'm still working on no, the no, article no, okay, okay I don't want to ruin it okay so when you sell something as an because then there are people that have sold that they've sold like a giraffe in sunglasses picture for $4 million. And I think what's also huge is that these people selling or trading NFTs, there's usually a article attached to it. Like you were saying, you're writing an article, like people are very interested. I think there has to be some element of fame and showing off of how much you sold it for, how much you bought it for. Like there's this whole additional sort of shock value that's coming with NFTs that I think a lot of people are hoping that if they buy one, if they 
invest in one or create one, theirs could be the next $4 million winner. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great opportunity for scams. So what are the scams? Yeah. So a, a lot of these, these collections of, of NFTs, the groups of people that are creating them, because all of these, these online uh, cryptocurrency identities are anonymous, they can very easily just transfer this, the same money back and forth to each other or within their own accounts and make it look like a lot of people are interested in spending a lot of money. Can you explain that more? How, how do you mean transfer back and forth? Like the, the buyers are actually themselves? Yeah. So you can very easily create as many um, identities as, as you want. And you can create an NFT and sell it f- from one of your identities to another for, uh, for uh, let's say, $10,000 Bitcoin. And then sell it back to one of your other identities for twenty thousand, and start telling people this thing is really valuable. The, the, the oh. price is skyrocketing. You better get in now. And there's a record of who sold it and bought it with each NFT. Yeah, it's it's an, anonymous, it's an anonymous record. record. Uh, you know, maybe uh, some people they can find a way to parse those blockchain records to to learn a little bit about who is. Is running that, but it's mostly not. Okay, but like, um, and and an actual example of that is the Fame Lady Squad. <laughs> so one of the scams is like on Twitter, NFT, you know, um, stands, I guess you would call them, for lack of a better word, will um, try to hype up the value of something of an NFT. They'll they'll do like a sweepstakes giveaway or something or a contest. They'll be like, retweet this and you'll be entered in a contest to get a free NFT or something like that. And then a bunch of people will be like, oh, I want a free NFT, like especially people who don't know very mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. about it. So um so they'll retweet it and then a bunch of people will follow that account and then that will basically give them a false air of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And, and basically drive up the value of their NFT so that when they auction it off, it'll be worth more than it would have been, you know, without all that hype. Wow. It's just hype. And like, and that's also why I, I was like terrified when, um, like, a, I think a month ago, Reese Witherspoon announced that she'd bought her first NFT and was like so excited about it. And I'm like, no, Reese Witherspoon, no. like you're, you're convincing all these people who don't know what really what they're investing in, like. They think they're invest. I mean, I, I assume some people like who aren't like as tech savvy, which is like totally fine. But like, I think some people think they're investing in something that's more regulated, like the stock market, and that's and like the the dysregulation of it that there's not like a central bank or anything like you know saying like this dollar is worth this much. Like, there's no central treasury affirming that, and that's actually the allure for a lot of the people who get in early and are like more tech savvy. You know, they're like libertarian tech bros who don't want there to be a banking system mm. who think like, you know, I I as an individual want to control the value of this currency that I'm defining. Sure, you can tell everyone it's worth a million dollars right away and you have it. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you have when you have celebrities like Reese Witherspoon vouching for it, like it hypes it and gives it more value mm. to like lay people who are less savvy. And I mean, and going back a bit to like cryptocurrency, like a couple of years ago, so my brother is a logger, like a lumberjack, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he has a lot of friends who are also loggers. And they, t- we were hanging out and they told me like, I think it was like a flyer that they found in their town, like their tiny logging like 
timber community. And like, there was like a flyer to buy cryptocurrency and they showed, they had like taken a photo with their phone and they showed it to me and they were like, oh, we're going to buy crypto. Isn't that cool? I was like, no, that's a scam, yo. Yes. No. (laughs) And um, so like, I think like that's another, like that's another scam where people who don't know, who don't really know what they're buying can easily be scammed. And there are, there are lots of examples of this with cryptocurrency um, that have happened. And I think like, you know, that's going to happen with NFTs too. That's amazing. Wait, this is so fascinating. So wait, let's go back. Stephen, what were you saying before? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, oh, these, the kind of like pump and dump schemes that people have of, uh, they, they hype up something and, and make it seem more valuable. Okay. So NFT values go up if everybody agrees that it is. Yeah. <sighs> That's so confusing. Okay. And so then how, Sabra, would you be able to tell if a crypto is a scam or an NFT is a scam? Um, that's a really good question. I think it's smart to spend money on things that you actually want. Mm. Like if you don't really understand what you're buying and you don't, like if you're just buying it for bragging rights, I think that that's probably, you're probably going to be prone to getting scammed Mm -hmm. unless you're like a billionaire and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. you if you get scammed. But I mean, there are like very wealthy people who have been scammed in the past, like with, um, like with cryptocurrency, just I, I just mentioned cryptocurrency because that has more of a history mm-hmm. than NFTs. So Quadriga was this was this company founded by some Canadian men who basically uh, said like we'll manage your crypto funds for okay. you. And so there's a really good podcast called Exit Scam, and it, it details how Quadriga basically stole everyone's money. And the theory, like it hasn't really been proven um, exactly, but Exit Scam is about this, like how the founder is accused of having faked his death in India. Wow. And made away with like millions. And so, and there are a lot of wealthy people who invested who like used Padriga and like lost so much money there. And they are wealthy people who are still like, but there are also people who like, you know, lost everything, you know? So yeah. there, there's a whole spectrum. Yeah. And there are a lot of examples like uh, Quadriga there because it's, it requires some tech savviness to be able to buy things like Bitcoin directly. Yeah. How do you even buy a Bitcoin? Do you use American dollars to buy it or do you have to use like solar power? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can create your own digital wallet and and get those things directly, which is uh, a, maybe even too complicated for me to explain right now. But, to but the simpler thing yes, is you're that you're using money, you're using U.S. dollars to buy it. Yeah, and instead of being able to buy it directly, people go for the convenience of having a company manage it for okay. them. So, just a company where you can just use your debit card, credit card to uh, just they'll they'll tell you how many bitcoins mm-hmm. you have. And, and in theory, you can cash them out at some point. And early on in uh, the life of, of the Bitcoin currency, many of, of these companies that people were counting on, even the largest one, it was called Mt. Gox, it actually folded. It went out of business mm-hmm. because they spent the money, the Bitcoins that people thought they owned. And when people tried to cash out, the company didn't have enough to actually pay them. So all of the, the Bitcoin money that people thought they had in there it, it wasn't there it, it's like like bernie Madoff, yeah. basically like a ponzi scheme yeah. yeah and did they get in trouble for that or anything or is it uh, yeah I feel like the yeah. laws are just sort of yeah okay good yeah but it is you're right the laws are an- too antiquated to keep up mm-hmm. with this like thing that's changing every day right. um like every nanosecond really 
So like you were saying, like it's unregulated and decentralized. You don't have like a banking system or a treasury saying like, this is the value in like US dollars or gold or whatever. And, and that's the allure for some people. They, but, you know, but they, they don't have that, that verification, you know, or affirmation mm-hmm. of the value. And so um, when you trust another company like Mt. Gox or Quadriga, like these bad, these really bad players. So not only are you trusting the value of the cryptocurrency, you're also trusting this company to manage it. So basically you're reinventing banks. Right. And no one is, I feel like there's nobody supervising this. So that's why it can go so high and so low. The people supervising it feel like a Reddit thread. Like it doesn't feel like, it just feels like a bunch of people's opinions that are supervising it. Yeah. And with the example of, um, so I mentioned Fame Lady Squad. So Fame Lady Squad was this NFT. So going back to like, you know, thinking of like images yes, and yeah. stuff and selling that as an NFT. Um, and they sold like these um, kind of digital art images of really cool looking women with like cool haircuts <laughs> and, and piercings and stuff and um, and like pink hair and whatever. It was founded by women and they were all like you know, their whole brand on Twitter and, um, and other forums and stuff was uh, marketed as like, we're into women's empowerment and we want like confident, strong women to just like do it for themselves. And like, we're a community of badass girls or whatever. And then it turns out that that was actually, that the founders were not women. They were like three (gasps) Russian dudes in that had like, at some point lived in Canada, not to, not to make a dig on Canada. Steven's Canadian. You love Canadians. They're the best. You are the best. Thank you. So yeah, it turned out to be three Russian dudes who were like pretending to be feminists or something. And all these, and a lot of women bought into it. Yeah, the scam was revealed by uh, this other, this other NFT person who had like had some interactions with them and then found out that they had like stolen his artwork. Um, Cause he, cause he had also bought it and he was like, oh, this is really cool what you're doing. Like I'm into women's empowerment too. And then he, he ended up revealing that they were like three Russian dudes who were pretending to be women. Wow. So how do you know if the NFT that you're, it's so silly guys, because I have a, I have like this gut feeling that the NFT is going to go by way of like the Tamagotchi or the Beanie Baby. Like everybody thought it was like this big deal. And then we're going to be like, remember NFTs? Like, but then at the same time, you don't want to be the dumb one who didn't buy Google stock, you know, like when Google first came out. So it's, it's this like nebulous confusion. But how can, if I was going to make an NFT or buy an NFT or buy any cryptocurrency, like where would somebody go in the hopes that they don't get scammed? Well, there's nothing that's going to guarantee that the NFT that that you're buying mm-hmm. or the collection that it's a part of is going to like actually be valuable and, and work as an investment as for something for the future. Right. right? Like the, it, it is very much like the Beanie Babies like that. If, if it goes out of style, then you're out of luck. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, like you should buy the Beanie Baby that speaks yes. to you, that you love because it's cute. The Princess Diana <laughs> one, that one was the saddest baby. <laughs> the purple one with the so, white rose. Yeah. God, that Beanie Baby. Never forget. Did you own any Beanie Babies, Stephen? I did not. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and I also love that you mentioned Tamagotchis. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Tamagotchi, as soon as they kept being like, I remember I was at school and they were like, this... 
Tamagotchi will die if you don't keep feeding. And I'm like, I have things to do, Tamagotchi. I will die if I don't feed me. Okay. So I just really (laughs) dropped that Tamagotchi like behind a couch and was like, you can figure it out on your own, you tiny pixelated thing. Very much was not ready for motherhood at that point in my life. And I was resentful that they throw it at at children. We're like, this is fun. No, it's incredibly anxiety riddled. Scanwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moltenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening, all of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.